0: Hey. Happy Father's Day.
1: Same to you, my man.
0: How you doing? I'm doing amazing. I just wanted to thank you for being such (laughs) an incredible human being, uh, an amazing leader to me, best friend, and a tremendous father.
2: Uh,
1: Thanks, pal. Well, you made it easy because you're a tremendous son.
3: My guy.
0: I'm just trying to be half as good as you.
3: You surpassed
0: that, you surpassed that already. Hi, this is Phil D'Aspira, The Real Coach D. I wanted to wish all the dads out there a happy Father's Day. What a privilege it is to be a father and to raise up a child and teach them in the way that they should go. It's also a privilege to be a basketball official, to make a difference in an athlete's life. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Crown Refs podcast, the audio experience for basketball officials. Continue to self-develop yourself and be the best at what you do. Crown Refs, serve the game.
4: All right, everyone, welcome to the And One podcast. Today we're going to be jamming with Paul Diasparo from Crown Refs, and we have some history with Paul. Um, we invite him to one of our association meetings. As you know, we uh, we come to you from the Wisconsin River Officials Association. Uh, we cover pretty much the entire state of Wisconsin, and it's kind of nice to reach out our, um, extend our arms out to the state of New York. And uh, Paul uh, hails from um, Steel, New York, and he's been an official since 2012. He's in his eighth year in NCAA Division III basketball, um, works on the men's side. He's also been doing Division II as well for about five years. And Paul has some on and off the court goals that we would like to share as well. Um, on the court, he aspires to reach the Division One level. And off the court, he truly wants to have an all-time positive impact in the officiating industry, which is what led him to start Crown Refs in 2018. And he's doing just that. He's having a positive impact. And I've been pretty fortunate to be around him virtually on webinars. And everything that comes out of his mouth is positive. So we're super excited to have him with us. This is going to be... More of just a flowing conversation, not really an interview. We're going to be talking about mentoring, uh, creating resources. Paul also does a podcast through Crown Refs, so we'll have some good, good stuff to talk about. Mainly just conversation ideas, and we're just gonna we're just gonna jam. So we're gonna get right to it.
3: Yeah, welcome to the podcast, Paul, and everybody in your mentor group. That's awesome that everybody's here to chime in and help help uh, facilitate the discussion. So this is going to be, be pretty cool. So I got thinking about this when we, when Brian told me that we were going to have you on and with it being the off season and refs are getting summer league schedules ready, looking to start working on stuff for the summer. They're looking at podcasts like ours and trying to, they're always looking for things that they can improve on. Like when I listen to crown refs, what's one or two things I can pick up on that I can practice to become better? But I got thinking about it and I want you to give your perspective on this. Do you have specific things that we should be avoiding in order to help us get better? Instead of, you know, here's A, B, and C, go practice this. These are things that are going to make you better. These are what all the good officials are doing. Can you share a little bit about some of the things that the good officials are not doing, and things that we should avoid to also help us improve.
0: Well, thanks for having me on the N1 podcast. Score the goal.
3: Glad to be here. Got to uh, go in to be an <laughs> n That's always our disclaimer. <laughs>
0: Got to go in. Yeah, so a couple things to avoid. Obviously, we want to avoid picking up bad habits when we're working at these lower level AAU spring games, right? You want to approach every game like it's your normal season, whether you're working at the high school level or the college level, you want to try to mimic those kind of um, game reps as much as you can and and avoid that rec ball culture that can then creep into your normal game. So that would be definitely one thing to avoid. Another thing referees have to avoid, and and it's not specific to just referees, it's all walks of life and, and any industry is just talking negatively about our officiating brothers and sisters. You see it so much, you hear it so much, and that's just one thing we're really pushing with our mentor group, and we have a very close knit group, and it's very important to me to build like positive culture and establish great partnering at the forefront of um, you know like our curriculum. So that's one thing I think refs need to avoid and, and do a better job at. So those are just two things that, that that come to mind.
4: No, we, Paul, we often talk about. Recruiting and retention and one of the things that I'm really focused on as an assigner, assigning some lower level NAIA and JUCO and I assign a lot of varsity games is we talk a lot about what's the problem with recruiting and retention in a pipeline regarding coaches are disrupting that players are disrupting that fans are disrupting that what about the the internal aspects like what are we doing to Disrupt our own recruiting and retention because it's not just an external problem. There's internal mechanisms that are not right that we need to be we need to be better. And I always say that better is one vol away from bitter.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just think we need to do a better job at the local level of training and supporting officials. You, you just you know, I, I speak to a lot of refs and they're always like, no, Paul, you don't understand in my area. It's just different. There's just not a lot of people that really love it. I'm like, hold on. No, that's every area. It's not just your area. So, you know, one of the things I'm trying to do is inspire officials to love it more to like enjoy going to their games more to um, get a little bit more fired up when they go ref and, and try to, you know, spark a little bit of passion um, out of our, you know, out of our, out of our partners. Um, so that that's, that's one thing, uh, you know, I think we got to get better at at the local level and just the camaraderie um, of the culture. When you walk into a meeting, you know, you, I see a lot of division when I walk into like a local meeting, you, it's very clicky, a lot of different groups. And that's one thing, you know, I want to, I want to evolve from and have a more universal approach to, to officiating.
4: I so agree with that. And I just think about officiating is it's a fraternity. It's a brotherhood and a sisterhood. And we need to treat it with, you know, more respect. We also need to get into the high schools and get more boots on the ground with, you know, doing rules interpretation meetings at high school so that we can make positive, meaningful connections to athletes and go to senior banquets, you know, cause those those seniors, they're getting their last award And their last accolade as an athlete playing the sport of basketball. And obviously we're talking about basketball and what a greater place to say, Hey, it's not over. You can referee. And, you know, my kids are both gym rats Mm. and I think referees should be gym rats too. You know, you got to love what you're doing.
0: And I was thinking of the word just to uh, connect that point today, or we don't, we don't mention it too much, but tenacious, right. Tenacity. Like I have a tenacity for officiating, you know, um, how is your internal drive? How much do you love it? Because that's all going to dictate how far you go into it and how much you exert yourself and what you want to get out of it. Um, So like similar to a player who's very competitive and wants to win and wants to win a championship and go to the playoffs and, you know, be great, there should be a little bit of, of that that rubs off on us as officials where we're tenacious about our approach wanting to be the best best official you know um, best version produce the best version of yourself Um, so I think we need to be more tenacious with our with our approach
4: when I started doing college basketball I remember getting picked up by Mark Braden was a supervisor of officials in the WIAC and Mark pulled me aside and he goes you know you're really young and and I really want to hire you, but I need you to—I need you to know three things really well. Number one, your live ball officiating is going to get you hired. Your dead ball officiating, or lack of, will get you fired.
1: Hmm.
4: Number two, you're not as good as you think you are. And number three, don't ever forget number two.
1: <laughs>
4: those were those were his three his three tidbits, and obviously number two and three were the same one. So. Obviously, you know, that that was important to him and I just will never forget him. You know, he gave me an opportunity and held me accountable to high standards. And I just think that that's so important. You said that word tenacious and grit, mm. you know, determination and grit, tenacity. It's all the same. You know, it's, Look at coaches, the tenacious coaches. You know, they're the ones that they produce. Winners focus on winners. Losers focus on winners, focus on winning losers, focus on winners. Mm -hmm. We need to be winners. You know, I think that's just something we have to have this inner drive to, and I see, you know, you have on some, some people on this call that you've been mentoring and we'll get to, we'll get to some of them here shortly, but I'm starting to look at our, um, our participation list and it's grown from you, me and Kent to, you know, eleven other people. So yeah, we got both- a few.
0: We got a few that are knocking. I think can we uh let them in? I know uh, Miles got booted out, and Michael's trying to get in. Same with David. yeah,
4: Fabio's. Fabio's trying to get in. I think Carmela's in. I think They're so knocking. They're knocking. Yeah, that's one thing I. That is troublesome with Zoom. Is you almost need a uh, a pilot, a co-pilot, a flight engineer. Hmm. <laughs> Somebody to manage to manage the door.
0: I'm going to work the door, the lobby.
4: Lobby, yeah, it's like officiating. You got your primary and your secondary.
0: Yeah, right. Well, we see Fabio in there. Did uh, Miles get a chance to come back in?
4: I think so. Uh, right now, we got eleven people. There we go. Plus, plus our us ourselves so i think everybody's in now
5: okay i know
0: and, will so, what's up brother um
5: no like i'm good no like i'm just waiting like i'm just waiting for the opportunity when like like when you want the other mentees just to speak just i'm 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 like i'm like i just put it in there just as a reminder i'm good like, you're enjoying the conversation.
3: conversation oh yeah i was gonna i was thinking of you will actually with um with our next thing, because uh, we, Brian, you just brought up, you know, retaining officials and mentoring them and bringing them in. And, you know, what do we need to do to, uh, you know, to help retain people and get them interested. So I want to kind of open that up, you know, Paul, maybe if you want to start, and then we can go with some of the other people. Um, What, what led you to, to want to do this? And what are some things that you try to do every day to help um people get interested in what you're trying to do is uh you know spread the spread the officiating community uh, in your in your area
0: well I'm putting out a lot of content every day to hopefully connect with a lot of officials uh, so that's you know one thing I'm doing on a daily basis um, as far as what got me into wanting to mentor you know one of the first guys that I did mentor um it was a very cool time in my career where I felt like I had taken the next step to um, had a good foundation of information that I wanted to transfer to him. And he was in a great position where he was a sponge and wanted to learn a lot. So that was the first real experience I had giving as much as as I possibly could. It was almost like I wanted to download everything I had learned share it with him. So then he can upload it to his brain and just to see the effects that it was having on him. Um, and the rapid growth that he was seeing, you know, I just started to do it more and more with other people. And, um, I enjoyed it, you know, just seeing the impact, the the positive impact you can make. So, uh, I'm trying to do it more at scale. Now I found a way to, to connect with thousands, you know, and, and it, it feels good to be able to, help other officials get better and, and bring, bring a lot of officials together. So uh, that's a couple of things that I'm yeah. enjoying about it.
3: And I, I coach track uh, during the spring and we actually had, uh, they did a 15 minute break on during some of the events and they actually came on the loudspeaker and they thanked the officials for being there. And then they said, if you want to be an official, visit this website, which, mm-hmm. you know, it, on one side, I think is cool because they're, trying to promote that and, you know, to become an official and things like that. But also, you know, part of me thought, okay, they said this little announcement and then they just went on with the rest of the meet. So I'm interested, like from the people in your mentor group, what, what draws you in? Like what, what keeps you guys going? And as you guys share this, hopefully our listeners can, you know, can kind of get the perspective of, okay, these are the things that I need to be doing in my area so that I can keep you know, getting more people interested in officiating. So, Will, do you want to go ahead and start? Sure. What, yeah. What about um, what Paul does keeps you going and keeps you interested?
5: Yeah. So, I think one one of the things which which all started getting me connected with Paul was um, this past just summer of 2021. I was starting to get on the radar with change um, in the country and around basketball officiating for with like with myself starting to get um, known with the media coverage that I had for being one of the first known basketball officials that is on the autism spectrum to to know that we have are creating equity change and inclusion um, in our own games that that we have athletes with, with disabilities at all levels including high school varsity high school levels and knowing that that they have someone that that, that 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 is just like them or has gone through similar shoes like them that is in the officiating shoes and and one of the things that I wanted for me was what was to learn and have more stronger effort and grit just like anybody else and started to just treat me like any other official and not have things sugar-coated that's when i saw like the content that paul was putting out and like i knew that paul could change me and just be be hard just just allow me to be my own self that i'm going to be treated like any other official and 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 one of the things as i started going on the camp circuit just um this past summer of 2021 i wanted to keep myself with having high expectations for myself, find things to work on each game, show that I can be critiqued like um, anyone else be, be, because I always have the interest in my own development, passion for officiating, for growing our game of basketball. It's a brand that we're keeping on growing. We're trying to show more, I think, um, equity um, and inclusion as well as just creating a pipeline for anyone that that is not, that 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 the wants to do it can and and one of the things like through this time that I have been able to get in like like in our group like I've been able to get one fellow Wisconsin person in David Stefanik who I mentor myself I know
4: David oh yeah yeah oh yeah I've been mentoring him in football yeah
5: yeah who like who oh yeah
4: he's a hoot man
5: yeah. Who, who yeah. reached out to me during this whole so process cool. and, and, um, and, and he told me his high expectations um, and ambitions for what he wants to do. And, and, and he, and he's wanted my honesty. And, and, and like, I've watched several of his games. It's just seeing me grow it. And, um, and I think in our games and sports, I think we can be having just greater uh, allowing for people. I think, um, I think one of the things that Paul has made me think of how we can improve our officiating education to be more understood for a variety of learning styles, understand that not everyone um, is the same and 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 allowing enthusiasm for, for, for all that we still have to change the attitudes of others.
4: That's so cool. And that really warms my heart, Will, because of what I do for a living. I've spent 25 years as a special education teacher or a consultant so yeah. that makes me happy man and I really appreciate that and now we can network and I'm so glad that you know David because David will message me several times throughout the course of the football season and I told him I said one of these days you know we're going to get you a game on our crew and I promised him that I would do that and I'm, I'm going to hold I'm going to hold to it so I want to hear from um, yeah, we,
5: yeah. Like one last thing, like I think inclusion is just the right thing to do, which we talk about. Yeah, with educators and officials, and we have to translate that and keep on opening um, doors through all and and allow people to go on offense with us.
3: And nobody like that, has man. a specific mold. People, you know, the like I said, that people that heard the uh, the announcement at our track meet, a lot of people probably think, "Oh, I could never do that." Cause you have to be a specific type of person to do it, but no, you could, you can learn and grow and yeah, anybody can do that. So that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, does anybody else want to, want to chime in? Like what, what are some things that keep you interested and keep you wanting to come back every day to, to be better? Oh, I'll go. All right, um, go ahead, Ashley.
2: Like I, I started listening to uh crown riffs. Um, I was, I guess you can say I was like invited by um, one of the ladies from down here. So I started listening to Paul back in like December, like during uh, mid basketball season. So I would, I would like jot down like stuff in my, in my, uh, my phone as my notes. And then like the next game, I'll like try to implement at least like something that that Paul said. So I know there was one thing, (laughs) there was, um, there's one thing that he said. And that was about like the rule, like uh like to tell the coach like about the rules. So I remember there was a call that I had made, and um the coach was like, he he wasn't set. Like it was a it was a block charge call. And the coach was like, he wasn't set. I was like, coach, he can move laterally and obliquely. And the coach the coach looked at me and he was like, Okay. Like he didn't expect me to say that. So I was like, I was like, man, whenever whenever I get to like Whenever I get to talk to uh, Mr. Paul, I was like I'm gonna mention it to him. So I remember, like when he had called me, I'm, that was like the first thing I said. I was like, "Man, I used one of your lines, and it worked." Because I guess because um, I'm young too, so like coaches they try to push me a little bit. But um, I remember once I once I told that coach that because he was riding me, he never said anything the rest of the game to me. I was like, Whew. "That's awesome." That hey, that worked.
4: Hey <laughs> like, Ashley, weird. what does oblique mean? <laughs> Is that what I he just, said? Is that what the coach said? What's oblique?
2: <laughs> well, he—I he, I don't think he even knew what it meant because I was my, like, hey, "Isn't that my abs?" <laughs> he kind of looked like that. would be like so. That's awesome. I love it. And Anyone then too, else? like he—he's very like for me. I get like he's very in, like informal too. So he keeps like he keeps me going. Like he doesn't even know it. So that that keeps me motivated to be a better official each and every day too.
4: That's so cool. Thanks for sharing Ashley. Anyone else?
2: I'll go. This is Carmela. Hi Carmella.
4: Where, do you, where, where are you at again? New Mexico. New Mexico. Okay. Yes
2: sir. Um, I like, I like things that challenge me and officiating is definitely one thing that challenges me every day. Uh, this is, you know, a get better business. There's no finish line and that's what I love about it. Um, about Paul's, you know, podcasts, the group, we challenge each other every day. I mean, my phone, my phone is blowing up 20 times a day because people are sharing, you know, rules, video, uh, play, um, play calling and everything. And, you know, I find that fantastic.
4: Where are you at in your officiating journey right now? And where do you want to be?
2: Um, I'm a 30 year official. I do high school and, um, a little bit of D2 and, JUCO. Um, I do want to get to ultimately. I do want to get to the maybe WNBA G League. Um, right now, my focus is just getting to the D one level.
4: That's cool. Very awesome. Good for you. You used a you used a, an analogy to track and field. Did you do that because of Kent? You yeah. said you said the word finish line. So I thought maybe maybe you were like trying to like. Hey, Kent, when I was in track and field, I remember my coach, I had a really bad race in the 400. It was my favorite race. I always liked that race because it was tenacious. And he comes up to me, he puts his hands on my shoulder and he goes, you know, Brian, you're the fastest one in your lane. <laughs> I was like, dude, dude, I'm like the only one in my lane. He's like, yeah, yeah.
3: Good job, Brian. You'll recover yeah, from tough. this. I do. Yeah. You know, I coach distance. And even they, if I told them there is no finish line, they, uh, they'd be, they're used to going longer, but I don't, I don't know if they, they don't appreciate that. But, I love that. I love that. She said that
4: though, because, oh yeah. You, when you know, there's the finish line, you stop, you know, like you stop and I'm close. If wanna, yep. If you want to get to the, the WNBA and you know, you got to know multiple sets of rules and, um, That's a, that's a great lofty goal. We call that a bag goal. We do referee development plans for our officiating camp and we have officials set a bag goal. Bag goal is a, it's an acronym for big, hairy, audacious goal. (laughs) So a bag goal is like what, what you just said, you know, I want to get to the WNBA and you need support to get there. And and you, you have to know that there's no finish line because you can't stop working. So kudos. Okay. I love the, I love the direction this is going. Let's keep.
3: And this is, and I love this too, because like I said, the people who are listening to this are, they're also mentoring their own people. So hearing you guys share these things is awesome because now all of the mentors that are listening can, you know, how do they promote it in their own areas I mean, listen to what all you guys are sharing like these are the things that we need to start doing everywhere to get people interested um and to keep that drive going and people that might not who may be on the fence of whether i should try it maybe not so yeah this is awesome you guys anyone else want to uh have a thing that they they'd like to share
1: I'm sorry, I got in here
6: late. What what is the sharing criteria? What is the question? I guess.
3: Yeah, so we we're talking about you know how do how do we retain officials and how do we recruit people? And I I wanted to get some of your guys' perspectives on um what draws you into officiating, and by sharing that, other people who are mentors can take your examples and and ask themselves, you know, am I doing this in my area? Am I am I presenting the challenge to the people in my area? Am I telling them that, you know, you don't have to fit a certain mold that anybody can do it. So, um, Michael, what are some things that keep you coming back that get you motivated to be a better official?
6: Um, I, I started officiating just, uh, it was a means to make more money at first. Um, I was a varsity athlete, uh, played semi-pro basketball and then blew my ACL and decided I wouldn't going to train anymore, and I met a guy that was officiating some summer league men's games and jumped in. But after starting getting used to the chapter and everything else, um, started developing a passion to become great at it. Um, After after developing that passion, what made me continue coming back was that it was giving back to other kids, giving back to the game, um, helping the kids that You see, might have had the attitude you had, might have had the uh, mannerism that you had, might not be focused as you were not focused when you were their age, and you're able to impart a little wisdom um, and take care of the game to tell them, hey, hey," you know, that good kid, hey, man, look, you know, you got a lot to look forward to. Don't let this game spoil your future. And being able to give those nuggets, and then also to compete with my fellow referees. I'm a fourth-year official out of San Antonio, Texas, so looking at my other officials that are coming up we're coming up together going to camps and just motivating and pushing each other grinding each other's gears like oh man I watched your film you know we're watching each other's film we're sending each other clips and then crown reps uh meeting Paul was such an honor I I felt like he was a movie star when we met at camp I was like
2: hey man I see you on YouTube dude I was like
6: ah I called my wife I was like
0: hey I saw this dude
6: yeah it was good (laughs) um Um, But meeting him and and wanting a community build where it was always sharing, always listening, always learning, watching signals, all kind of stuff. It was it was great to finally find a a place where you can collaborate with people that didn't care about, you know, are you reffing three years, two years, one year? Are you doing college varsity? Are you doing middle school? It, it, It doesn't matter. Everybody's sharing clips. Everybody's looking to get better everybody's sharing what they know physically. I mean, it, it's a great thing that he's doing, bringing all the reps together. And it's, it's a thing a lot of people are looking for.
4: Oh, and he's got it on his background. I mean, it's, I'm looking at Paul's background right now and the word serve, you know, if you're not a servant leader, then you're not serving. And if you're not serving, then we're not growing and we're not recruiting a new talent pool. And, and we have to be doing this. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with quick trips quick trip is a company pretty much located in wisconsin and they're a convenience store a gas station and they do it right man they do everything right their culture their climate they greet you at the door they greet you when you they say goodbye when you leave and i just feel like we need to be you know improving our culture constantly and looking at how we grow refs like i i time track and field um, I run the camera system for track meets and I went to a track meet yesterday at a, at a local high school. It was cold out. It was windy and it was raining. And I do my job and I arrived there about 2:30 to set up and I didn't leave there till 9:30. I was never brought a bottle of water. I was never brought anything to eat. I just think if we're going to function like a quick trip, quick trip is our convenience store that I just mentioned then we need to think about all aspects of performance. Um, You know, given referees, treat referees like they're Kings and Queens uh, because the game can't be played without us. And I always do this too. I talk about like, I'm 50 years old this year. I just turned 50. And when I ref college basketball games, the players ages never change. It's a constant. And I keep getting one year older than them. So at some point in time, I'm going to exit out and I got to serve the game in another capacity. And I'm completely devoted to that. That's why I love about Paul is we're speaking the same language. You know, we've got to be servant leaders and now more than ever. I mean, is there an officiating shortage in all your States? Just put a thumbs up. I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, we, we have baseball games right now in the springtime that are being rescheduled for days of the week that we've never had games Wednesdays no one's ever playing on Wednesdays in in our state and now they have to because we can't find umpires so this is great Paul you've got mentors all over the United States mentees
0: well one of the cool things we want to do is yeah obviously I want to mentor you know everybody that's in the community but I also want to teach them to be great mentors themselves and, and how to develop others so they can start their own network and be that person in their own city that everybody goes to. And they have a bunch of refs that are always hitting them up and following them around, asking them for their plays, you know, so that's what, where everybody else in the group is headed, you know, like we're all teaching each other.
4: Well, now we can be involved. We can, you know, we, we, we love sharing plays in our association. We have, um, you guys use huddle is huddle pretty much a common thing so that's how we share video plays is through huddle and we can clip plays we can share them we can narrate we can do all kinds of things so now we can start sharing plays with you paul and you can push them out and then share with us and we keep growing our networks and so paul i i always get told um as a college ref and i also do some semi-pro Um, referee the defense think like the offense do you buy into that
0: what was the part about the offense
4: referee the defense think like the offense
0: I I like that I've never heard the think like the offense part but there's something to be said about um, anticipating where the play is going to go not anticipating the foul but anticipating where the potential point of contact is. And you do that by knowing where the offensive player might be going. That's the part of feel for the game where you know where the dribbler's headed. You know, if he's going to do a spin move, you know, if a reverse is coming. Um, So that gives you insight where the play is going. But usually to judge the contact accurately, we have to, um, you know, certify that the defender has established legal guarding position and, and we're reffing the defender. Reffing the defender is, self-talk that we need to remind ourselves because we naturally want to just gravitate to the ball I think so we have to control, train our eyes to ref the d we're all we're all guilty of watching the ball and having to get to the defender sooner you know I tell a lot of officials like well actually this is an Al Batista thing on transition plays is is fine um, find the defender who can hurt you the most so it's about shifting your eyes to not watch the ball but where that last defender is
4: yeah and if you take 10 and divide it by 3 it's it's 3 point something so somewhere on the court there's there's no competitive matchup or very limited competitive matchups in other place there's an abundance of them and that's why it's so important for the lead to be the the transmission in the vehicle hmm. you know if you got a great engine um, your vehicle ain't going nowhere without a transmission. And the lead official is the transmission. It puts the crew in a very successful capacity to be able to referee the defense and think like the offense when you have two officials, you know, uh, ball side where all the players are. And we also talk about inconsequential possession change. So if if there's no issue with possession, then what kind of contact was there? more than likely it's incidental. And, you know, Batista talks about this and a lot of the NBA officials, you know, they, they really challenge themselves to look at, did possession get impacted? Yes or no? If not, you know, do we really need to put air in the whistle? Um, people don't realize we think about these things like high level philosophy. And that's, but we can't start there with the people we're recruiting. We have to Keep it simple and then build on that and scaffold. How do you do that? You have people all over the place. Um, in terms of their ability levels, you know, some people are doing lower level games and you know, Carmela's talking about she's doing, you know, some high school varsity mixed in with some college. How do you meet everyone's needs through your through your mentor program? I think it's really cool. I just
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I first started, I I was thinking, God, um, officiating is so separate. Like, right? we have like high school officials over here. We have NCAA men's over here. NCAA women's have a different rule book. Pro refs, and it's like segmented. So, um, you know, one of the first things I put in the bio to what even Crown Refs is is like an all inclusive place for officials of any level, whether you work. CYO or the G League I felt like I I wanted to that was my demographics everybody in between and we needed a a singular place a universal place for all officials um, a community for all officials no matter the level no matter plus because there's a lot of big timing going on as well you know like and I wanted to pair a first year ref with a D1 ref in the same space and it just be equal we're just partners, you know? So, so that's, that's one thing that we have. That's very, very, uh, you know, very cool it's an all inclusive place for refs of any level. Um, how to answer your question, how do we execute on all those different Well, Our discord is set up with different topics. Um, so for instance, we have an NCA rules chat. We have an NCA women's chat. We have an NC, uh, excuse me, a high school chat, NFHS chat, and a pro rules chat and a FIBA chat.
4: That's awesome. So, the, so that
0: breaks up all five different rule books right there.
4: Yeah, because I, when I do the semi-pro league, it's a combination of uh, NBA rules and FIBA rules, and that gets, that gets really complicated. Yeah, so, so
0: when, when we're communicating about a play, we're in that specific chat, so you know if we're speaking in NFHS, nobody's going to bring a pro interpretation and then confuse the group.
4: That's really cool. I love that. I think that's something we might, you know, we use the term beg, borrow, and steal, right? Mm. I'm 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 not ashamed to to say that I'm a I beg, borrow, and steal. So I might borrow that, Paul. Borrow you that.
0: Should listen. We're very early on what we're doing right now, but every official organization should have their own Discord channel, their own Discord server. Like I don't know why the NBA doesn't have that now. MBA should get on this. I I will send a few texts out. Like they should have their own (laughs) server. Discord is a tremendous platform. It's probably the best app that that we've ever been on, you know, because it brings the community together, allows us to grow in real time.
4: One of the most difficult things about running an officials camp. So my camp that I run in Wisconsin is targeted at high school officials is when we have clinicians that work at the next level that start bringing in their NCAA men's and women's philosophies to officials that are just trying to learn how to be better high school refs. We have to be sort, sort and separate. And we have to be very mindful of that because sometimes that can cause a lot of people to be very confused and, and oftentimes shies them away from wanting to converse with us because they might assume that we're just going to be talking in college language to them when we need to be talking in the high school language because it's so different. Tom. Yeah.
0: And I also try to hit on a lot of universal topics that anybody can consume no matter what level they're working. So, you know, it's nice to speak about rules, but that's, that's a time and a place for a small group that is all studying the same rule book. And when you have your rule book right in front of you, I think rule, you know, like rules are black and white. There shouldn't be debates about it. It should just be, all right, here's the rule. Let's discuss it. Add a few layers on when we can apply it into our games you know um but yeah a lot of our topics are universal topics that you can apply on any level and that's what's able that's why we're able to draw refs from all levels because we're appealing to the high school ref you know the college NCA men's ref so the fiba refs right luke oh he's gonna say oh yeah
1: <laughs> absolutely
4: Luke, what are, you, what, are you, uh,
1: what are you working that you're doing? Uh, so, I'm from Canada, Vancouver, BC, uh, doing high school, uh, local college, and university games. Sweet. The...
0: He just did a national tournament, national junior college tournament, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. national junior college on the women's side. Congrats, man. Thank you, thank that's you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a
4: huge honor. Paul, what's what's your next move?
0: My next move is to discuss a few things that you asked me about about non-negotiable skills for officials to move up to the next level. I love it. Okay, great. Because I pulled the uh, I pulled a couple people today on Instagram, so um, I got some of their thoughts. But it could serve as a couple of good topics. Feel free to add any layers to you that you want to this, but, um, Lance Fuller, one of our own says willingness to accept constructive criticism, right? So removing your ego and being able to take information that you can apply and not, um, you know, show your ego or, or show an unwillingness to, to learn. Uh, Um, another great one was integrity. So big on, on integrity. Doing the right thing all the time, treating everybody with respect, um, always being the bigger person, um, not refereeing for ratings to satisfy coaches, refereeing to do what's best for the game, right? Yeah. Um, That's another big one. Uh, Trevor Huell says rules, knowledge, strong communication skills, a positive mental attitude, no ego. You know, we all have an ego. The question is, is how often do you expose it? Do you wear it on your face? Do you wear it on your sleeve every day?
4: Right. Yeah. You can't, you can't do this job without a strong, you know, thick, almost like alligator skin, but do people, do people get that perception of you as a person is, is what you're saying is sort, sort and separate your ego i think that's so important
3: especially as you climb the ladder
4: mm-hmm. ryan
3: calls those yeah yeah butters you give them criticism or or not you're not in criticism but you give them feedback or you're trying to help them improve and they say well yeah but and then you know right away it's like they're putting their own either ego or philosophy ahead of what you're trying to help them with and it's like yeah, those people are hard to hard to work with. And they don't usually improve as much as other people who are more open with what you're trying to tell them.
4: Well, and, and on every game, somebody has to be, you know, in the semi-pro game, you have a crew chief, you have a referee and an umpire. And, you know, somebody has to be the crew chief, but the good crew chiefs, you wouldn't know it before the game or after the game that you were talking to a crew chief. Cause at that point you're talking to a human. You're talking to just another person, right? Two arms, two legs. It's all about how we treat people in this game. What else? I like I like the courageous conversations being added to that too. Like being able to talk to your partners about plays that are weighing on your mind. Like if I'm referee in a different game than my partners, I want to get to them right away and say, is there something that I'm missing? Because we talked in the pregame about, about you know verticality and we've just had a couple of plays where we've we've kind of not been on the same page with verticality how do we get on the same page because i i want to either be on your page or or we need to be on mine or we got to find some common ground here i think courageous conversations need to exist in officiating all
0: lo- right i love that are you speaking about plays where let's say your partner called in your area where you're you're coming up? yeah and yeah, we listening
4: we need to get together right away and just talk and just say, Hey, you know, let's, let's discuss, you know, kind of reframe our moving forward, how we're going to handle these plays. Um, Because if, if one of us is doing something that two others aren't, then we're going to be exposed and, you know, we don't want that. So I think it's important that we have honest and courageous conversations in the pregame, during the game as needed, and in the postgame?
0: You know, one thing I stopped doing this year is is looking back a lot on plays during the game, like during a timeout. If I have a minute with with a ref and, you know, he just had a couple hard plays in the past, I might say, oh, so what would you have on that play, you know, and, and ask him about it. And now I'm just like, no, we don't need to stop and dwell and look Mm-mm. back uh, – Right in this, we have a hotly contested game. Why are you looking back at a call you had three calls ago? Let's go to the locker room at halftime. We could break it down. Maybe in the post game, we could break it down. On film, you could break it down. But there's too much backtracking. And like, like for instance, if I miss a call, I come over to you at the next time out. Hey, hey, what'd you see on that? I I thought I got it right. But the, you know, the coach was shouting, what'd you have? And what I'm doing right now is I'm allowing self-doubt to creep in. To our conversation and it's just not effective in-game partnering or conversation so i want everybody to think about that um think about the conversations that you're having in game and just make sure they're positive and you're moving forward um and not dwelling or focusing too much on some of the previous plays does that make sense
1: yeah we like you- add on that please yeah Maybe. sure um love what you're saying paul and something that i during timeouts that i like to bring to that is there's a reason why there was a timeout called right there's something not going right for one team so i like to always ask the question okay what is team a doing well for team b to cause a timeout what do you think the coach is talking about do you think they're changing the formation do you think just like you know try to get into like the coach's mindset of why they called this timeout so then the crew can be ready to be a adjusted for the changes in the game that are going to be made you know what i'm saying
4: i like that i think it's higher level that's a higher level philosophical way of thinking about being in the moment you know and i like to use the term flush it you know if if i make a bad call or a decision that i don't like i have to flush it you know because they're still moving forward like paul said you got the rest of the game, to referee, what happens in the pass is We can't change it, right? It's just like a travel call. There's no reverse travel, you know? No, no one's ever done that. We just move forward in the game, not backwards.
0: You could do a reverse travel signal. To the game I was,
3: that's what I was thinking of. You could do that, but I think it would be a reverse three a half charge. Revolution.
0: Three and a half revolutions, and then you point the thumb to your face.
3: Yeah, same
4: with the charge call. You could pull the pull the hammer back instead of put <laughs> instead, pu- instead, pu- instead of pushing it out.
0: Well, we don't use the hammer anymore. That's See right, we
4: don't. Yeah, it's a, That's not it's not an approved signal school. anymore for, for high school.
0: Yeah, NFHS. Yeah. I'm um, trying to think what else we have on our list. Uh, it's Gordon said, cardio. Don't be lazy running up and down the court. So obviously, putting yourself in a good position, staying uh, physically
4: fit, um,
0: taking fitness, health, nutrition, wellness very seriously.
4: I have I have another one, Paul, that I'd like to discuss real quick. This one, this one might garner some controversy, but that's okay. I'm I'm just that guy. Um, when I, when I look at you, Paul, I see clean, clean shaved. Right. When I look at NBA ref- referees, um, the men, the men's officials that work in the NBA, they're clean clean shaved. I'm clean shaved. Kent is clean shaved when it's basketball season, um, but it's track season right now. So he might have a little bit of facial hair, but what do you, what are your thoughts about that? Like we talk about this all the time about facial hair and, and men in particular, where, where do we go with that conversation?
0: We were having this conversation yesterday about tattoos and, and facial hair. I just think it's old school rules. You know, it's a matter of, it's just a personal preference. Who says shaving is professional? Who says right. t- tattoos are unprofessional? You can serve in the military and wear tattoos, but you can't be a referee and have tattoos, you know? And
4: I'm playing devil's advocate with this one. So that's why I,
0: you that's can why I brought a, this up. You can be a coach and, and coach with a beard. You can be a player and play with a beard. But if you're a ref and you ref with a beard, then that's not as professional and that's not appropriate just doesn't doesn't make sense to me you know if you can ref you can ref if you get the plays right, that's most important, and I just think these are rules that were put in place fifty years ago by people that wanted it that way and were just all following suit there's a recently a story that came out of a EuroLeague ref I guess who didn't get playoff games because they asked him to shave his beard and he said he wouldn't um and this is a, looks like a pretty pretty high level league and a high level official but back to integrity he decided that that's not something that he wanted to do and for for this to change you're just going to need more officials speaking up like we don't have a voice refs are pretty much scared to speak up publicly yeah for the most part we're just it's part of the culture it's like frowned upon i think a lot by the older generation but the more refs that we have speak up the more voice we have the more we raise awareness and things like facial hair and tattoos i don't know it's a it's not even, it's not a very important topic. It doesn't have any effect on your performance. So I think it's only a matter of time before it becomes accepted. I think you're probably so, right. Sorry about that, Brian. You don't look happy.
4: Oh no, I, I, I choose to, you know, keep myself my the facial hair and I obviously you do, but it's not for everybody. And it's just, Equity and officiating is something that we have to talk about. And you brought up a really good point. If you're a good play caller and you get plays right, should that really matter? Probably not. There's always growth in conversations. So
0: Now now I'm going out clean shaven if they change the rule, regardless, because that's my personal preference, but I should be allowed to decide that myself. And I don't have the audacity to look at any other ref who wants to go with a beard. And say he's any lesser of a ref. I mean, that just sounds crazy.
3: Yeah. Our camp Own is school in rules. June. Yeah, our camp is in June this summer. I bet Brian. Brian's going to grow that out. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, Brian can still run a good camp, even if he grows grows yeah. out as a <laughs> um, my, personal,
4: my personal preference would be that I will not do that because I'll be in the middle of the, the women's semi-pro season. And my personal preference would be not to do that.
3: All right. Oh, that's fine. yeah <laughs> um Paul earlier you were talking about the the discord and how that's one of the things that you guys are doing that not a lot of pe- other people are doing can is there anything else that you're doing in the off season to help either mentor uh, the people that you have or that other people are doing to get better because I think you know people go to camps those are awesome those are great people listen to podcasts um, is there anything unique? that either you are doing or your mentees are doing to during the off season, that's helping them get better at all things that maybe not a lot of others are doing.
0: Well, we, I do have a show called no off season. It's a nine episode show on uh, Patreon. So that kind of sums up that question. Like we don't, we don't really believe in there being an off season. So we started the program in September, September 1st, and uh, it's been 35 weeks straight of it. And I'm going to keep it going year round. So There's nothing special I'm doing like this month or next month. It's just a year round thing where we have sessions every week. It's been a consistent schedule twice a week. We usually meet for a zoom or a discord. And, um, you know, like I built this platform for officials that love it and can talk about it pretty much year round and, and all, you know, every day. Right. Um, not everybody can, not everybody can. So we have a bunch of ref geeks that can, so we're all enjoying it. And, um, <laughs> we're getting a lot of reps in, you know, like the fact that, I mean, how many interactions have we all had everybody on this call like interactions? Those are, that's muscle memory. Those are reps. Every time you're thinking about a play, you're sharing a play, you're discussing a play, you're typing an explanation through the chat, you're getting repetition, you know, you're putting in work. So, um, this is a year round, uh, curriculum year round program that we do. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to saying like, "All right, we're on week 150." Yeah, I like yeah. I like that we're numbering the weeks. It's just it shows the work we're putting in. Oh yeah.
4: You know, and something something I just thought about, Paul is, you know, we're gonna have have you on for that Sunday of our officials camp virtually. You know, unless you want to get on an airplane and fly to Wisconsin that day, you're more than welcome to
0: Wisconsin.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my but
0: wife just it, gave me a. My, my wife just gave me a look.
4: The <laughs> the look like we're not going there.
0: Yeah, like don't go from being in Virginia to Wisconsin without stopping in New York.
4: Oh, that that's awesome. <laughs> but when we do that, um, when we bring you on virtually that day, you know, maybe we can share that Zoom link out with all the folks that you know you're you're mentoring. So they can take advantage of that as, you know, professional learning. I think mean, that'd be great. Yeah. Good idea. Thank you for that. And we're going to, we'll also invite you to the other half of that. will be um, uh, Greg Austin from a better official. He's going to join us also. So great. yeah, it'll be, that will be good for everybody. So I suppose we could probably talk for hours, keep on going Lots of things to talk about, but I'm sure we got to wrap this up. Um, This has been great. Lots of good conversation. And it was nice, you know, virtually meeting some of the people from the different states that you're mentoring and got people at all different levels. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that you had that diverse channel of, you know, National Federation, NCAA men's, NCAA women's. I'd love to get involved in what you're doing with the NCA women's and we made a flow chart for semi-pro basketball maybe I'll share it with you it shows um, high school NCAA men's NCA women's FIBA NBA uh, women's NBA and um, it kind of diversifies all the rules I'll have to share it with you so you can push it out but any resources Paul that you can share with us or any of the other folks that are on that'd be awesome We're we're all about networking and so glad that we have a good relationship with crown refs and we really appreciate it
0: thank you for
6: listening to the crown refs podcast serve the game
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You know, if Crown Refs has brought you any value in the past, I would really appreciate if you would consider joining us in our new private community for basketball officials on the Patreon and Discord apps. We have three different tiers of access and content available. We have Crown Refs Pro, Crown Refs Plus, and Crown Refs mentor. This is uh, next level stuff. If you've been a fan of the content or the podcast for the past few years, or you've been a day one supporter, um, this is the place to be. This is where we have our weekly training sessions on Zoom. This is where we have our live monthly podcast with special guests. This is where we are interacting every day on private channels. So would really uh, appreciate if you could join us in this community. We think you would flourish and definitely accelerate your skills as a basketball official. For more information, you can click the link in this episode description. Have a great day.